Welcome to Retirement Straight Talk with Paul and William, featuring award-winning financial advisor and former host of the Sunday Money Show, News Talk 1010, Paul Baraka and his associate advisor, William Baraka. Creating and keeping wealth does not need to be complicated. Paul and William will cut through confusing and contradictory financial advice to give you the real facts to help you invest better and enjoy a worry-free retirement. The views and opinions expressed in this video may not necessarily reflect those of IPC Securities Corporation. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Welcome, everyone. So this is the fifth episode of Retirement Straight Talk with, with Paul and William. Uh, as we approach the end of the year, we want to talk about year-end tax planning and and what everyone can do out there to try and minimize their their taxes. Yeah. Now it's been said this year there's one big tax planning strategy, and it's been called the mother of all tax planning strategies for a year like this, and that's called tax loss selling. Now let's quickly explain what that is, William, and that's if you have an investment portfolio that's not registered. It's not an RSP. It's not a TFSA. It's not registered. Or it can even be a real estate portfolio. Anything that's capital that has an unrealized loss. So let's say you bought a stock for $25,000 or a mutual fund or an ETF, whatever, $25,000. And now it's worth, well, $10,000, just to pick a bad number. So you have an unrealized loss of $15,000. But you can trigger that loss right now. And now you can utilize that loss to offset a capital gain that you may have in another part of your portfolio. Or if if you had uh, a real estate sale this year that you had a capital gain, any capital gain, regardless of the sort. Maybe you sold your business this year and you got a capital gain. Well, you you can also use it to... If you had any capital gains that you paid in the previous three years, Bingo. you can go back three years and use a capital loss that you apply this year to, to reduce those capital gains. Or if you don't have any other capital gains to apply it against either this year or three years prior, you can carry it for you can carry the loss forward indefinitely and apply it against any future gains. It's a win-win situation. There's no loss whatsoever for doing by the way by going back three years what we mean right now it's 2022 so you can move that back to 2021 2020 and 2019 so if you had a big gain that you pay tax on in 2019 hey you can get some money back by uh creating a capital loss today great and by the way here's a great strategy right well you can transfer that capital loss to a spouse let's say for example you have a capital loss in your portfolio, but you have no capital gains. You can apply it, but maybe your spouse does. Well, you can use what's called the superficial loss rules. And there's a way, I think it's a little bit more complicated than we want to get into here, but you can transfer that capital loss to your spouse. It's completely legitimate. It cannot be, CRA is not going to come and disallow it. There's a certain way of doing it. So you can transfer it to your spouse or, or and what they call a related person. So that's a great strategy also. It doesn't have to be you that has the capital loss or capital gain. It can be your spouse. There are some things though people should keep in mind when doing this. Just mechanically how you do it, first of all, very simply, you sell the investment, whatever investment that's at a loss, 
and then you can't rebuy it for 30 days. Otherwise, the CRA will deem it a superficial loss. So if you sell the investment and buy it right back again, the CRA won't allow that loss. That includes even what they call an affiliated person. So whether it's your spouse or partner, or if you have a corporate account, if that account or spouse rebuys the investment, the CRA will also deem that a superficial loss. Now, as an advisor, it's just to let people know what we do is we may, because clients don't want to be out of the market often. They don't want to miss a rebound. So we say, okay, let's sell this position, create a capital loss. And in the meantime, we'll buy something similar, but not the exact same thing. So you buy something similar for 31 days, and then you can sell the new position and repurchase the initial position that had the capital loss, if you deem that's appropriate. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good thing. Everyone and their advisors should be looking at tax loss harvesting opportunities this year. No one likes to see their investments go down, but at least you can make some good out of it and save on some taxes. Now, another thing you might want to do, if you have RSPs and RIFs, you might want to decide with your advisor, should you be drawing money out even though you don't need it? We have a number of situations where people are, maybe they're retired, but they, or even they're not retired. They have a low income year. You know, they're between jobs or whatever. Well, sometimes it makes sense to pull money out of that RSP at little or no tax, rather than waiting till later when you'll pay a substantially higher tax. And again, that's part of the planning process you want to look at. You can also look ahead and use that as a way to maybe minimize OAS clawback. If, you have, if you're going to have a really big risk uh, yeah. in retirement and those risk minimums will have some or all of your OAS clawback, if you draw down your RSP before you're first forced to convert to a RIF, then maybe in certain circumstances, you can save yourself some OAS in, in later yeah. years. Now you want to be careful because you want to do some sense of time. And normally your advisor will do this for you. You shouldn't really have to do it because it re- sometimes it will require fairly sophisticated software to do this properly. Uh, by the way, another uh, situation, if you are 71 and you're going to turn 72 next year in 2023, so you're going to have to switch your RSPs to a RIF. You know what? If you're still working and you plan to work next year, you know that you can take an RSP deduction next year, even though you don't have an RSP. You simply overfund your RSP this year, assuming you have the contribution room, of course. You're going to pay a 1% penalty on an over-contribution. But then you can use the entire amount as a full deduction next year. The over-contribution penny, uh, a penalty of 1% is peanuts compared to the tax saving next year. Again, that's something you want to sit down and talk with your advisor. It's not that applicable in too many situations. But if you're 71 and you're going to be working next year or earning a big income and that RSP deduction will be helpful, it might be something you want to consider. Now, lastly, Paul, I think... Uh, There's a lot of different things, but as we get towards the end of the year here, people should also be making sure that they're making contributions to their registered accounts where it makes sense, whether it's RSPs, TFSAs. Now, there's more urgency with an RESP. With an RRSP, um, it's better to do your contributions earlier than later, just because the earlier you do them, the more time, uh, theoretically, uh, that contribution has time to grow. But you can do it until um, March, around March or so uh, to claim that tax deduction. 
TFSAs as well, same, same theory as RSPs, but the contribution room does not go away. So if you don't have the cash now, you can catch up, up on it in future years. But that doesn't apply with RESP accounts, right? Because you, you, there's only a certain amount of grant the government will give out per year. It's a maximum of $1,000 per year. So if you, if you don't contribute to your RESPs every year, eventually you lose some of that government grant room and you can't get that back. Yeah. So if you have significant RESP contribution room, you can only contribute up to $5,000 regardless. And we've had people who've lost grant room. They've lost free money from the government because they haven't kept up. Again, yeah. your RSP, your TFSA, you can catch up. You can't do it with the RSP. Sorry, to clarify one thing, you can contribute anything you want up to the lifetime $50,000 contribution limit. So you can always contribute. But what we're talking about is the government grant because the maximum government grant is $500 per year on a $2,500 contribution. And again, as we said, they allow you to catch up on up to one extra year of grant room. So you can get maximum $1,000 a year of grant room. Um, but if you let it go on too long, you can't, that'll never come back. Yeah. Now, another thing you can do by year end is you can do some income splitting and you do income splitting if you loan your spouse some money to invest. Now they have to invest the money. They can't go buy a new car and take a holiday. It doesn't work. But if they take that money and invest in, say, a portfolio, by loaning the money to them and them actually paying interest to you, all of the growth, the dividends and interest on that invested capital is taxed in your spouse's name. Now, of course, where this makes sense is if your spouse is in a lower tax bracket, you can immediately save money on taxes. And you want to be where the spouse actually has to pay you interest. They, it, it physically has to change hand or CRA will disallow this. And that interest that has to be charged now is 3%. Keep in mind, that's going up to 4% in December, uh, in January 1 of 2023. So you want to get going now. Now, if you do take out a prescribed late rate loan and lend the money to your spouse, that 3% rate is good for the life of the loan. It doesn't change. But if you start it after January 1st, it'll be at a higher rate. So again, that's a great income splitting move. It's can be very effective for people in certain circumstances, but not for everyone. Um, another thing, family medical expenses, you know, for uh, eligible expenses above 3% of your net income or $2,479, you can get a tax credit on that both federally and provincially. Okay, there's too many things to talk about. One of the things you wanna make sure before we end this is that we wanna make sure tax strategies or something you really need to speak to a tax professional on your advisor an accountant who understand these things otherwise uh, the chance of making an expensive mistake goes up everyone's situation is different thanks for joining us join us next time for retirement straight talk with paul and william and the next program is going to be when is the best time to start planning for your retirement take care everyone we'll speak to you soon this podcast was brought to you by West End Wealth Planning, an award-winning wealth planning practice catering to small and medium-sized business owners and to those looking to create a worry-free retirement for themselves and their families. To learn more, go to westendwealth.com. 
don't forget to rate this podcast and subscribe to Retirement Straight Talk with Paul and William by going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts.